A very good afternoon. Welcome once again to another live session of the Potter's Gate online broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. I hope you had a wonderful afternoon at um, service today. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope the Spirit of the Lord ministers something fresh, something new to you. Well, this afternoon, I know a lot of people may be resting, maybe having some nice time with family and friends. I I even uh, uh, understand that you know there's a match that has been played today. I'm not sure if they've finished the match between South Africa and Japan, uh, but uh, I need to continue to look into the urgency of that which the Spirit of the Lord it's emphasizing for us in this brand new day. We've been dealing for we've been excuse me we've been dealing with pattern for living for a while now, and I believe the Spirit of the Lord has continued to minister to us in such a manner that has given us some very important uh, material to work with and i'm very interested in many of the things the spirit of the lord has been saying to us as instruments to advancing in our work with god in this brand new day it's it's clear that we cannot advance into the days ahead of us without looking at some of the principles the spirit of the lord is emphasizing and proclaiming and declaring for us and to us in this brand new day so i want to believe that we will continue on this path until maybe i feel you know a release all right to 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 look into something else but there is no doubt that if you look at all that is happening in society within the church within our own personal life that we have to zero on that which okay we're dealing with in terms of looking into how to live life how to engage life in a manner, in a way that will really give us, you know, that edge, that spiritual edge in, in, in the concept of existence. And uh, I believe that, you know, the, the, the principles we looked at the last time was such a powerful, relevant, timely word that I, I believe in my heart has really laid some beautiful spiritual framework that we can build on. I want to believe that we've been able to lay some beautiful spiritual foundation and if we just if we can just allow the spirit of god okay to uh, to help us begin to connect all right uh, uh, you know uh, uh, bricks to what has been given to us as a framework i, I want to believe that we will be able to advance in this in this day and, and and be able to press into all right that arena of spiritual breakthrough because that's what we want we want to live our life in the mentality of of breakthrough not in the mentality of a defeated foe, not in the mentality of, you know, of one that is captured in fear and in anxiety and, and in, in, in confusion. No, we want to position ourselves, all right, based on that which we've been given in the word of God, amen, as one that has been given light to advance in the midst of darkness. So before we go on this afternoon, let's just, let's pray. Let's allow the Holy Spirit once again to give us, uh, you know, that you know if you will atmosphere where we can connect to his heart to his mind you know every time i come to speak like this you always have that if you will a positive anxiety lord i don't want to say things that you know are just based on my own intelligence i want to be able to speak 
the now word, the word that you want your people to hear, that proceeding word. Because you see, you can have your own agenda, and yet the Holy Spirit has something that he wants to pass across. And that's the reason why, you know, sometimes most of them I'll say, let us pray. We just want to pray and connect. Not like I've not prayed before, I've not, I've not prayed before uh, coming on, on, you know, on air, but I also want us to just connect together because this is a this is something we want to build together i want to be able to build with our listener okay with uh you know you know with our audience out there I, I, I because i understand what some of us are going through in terms of struggling all right with what god is is saying in terms of aligning trying to align our heart with how to live our life in in the midst of you know the contradictions and the challenges so i want to be able to connect with you i want to be able to you know infuse my faith with your face as we corporately amen you know allow the spirit of god to speak to us so that together we can both advance and, and move into that arena where we can say indeed we're hearing God and we're proceeding further because we like it or not the enemy out there is not joking all right and the opposition that you know that are there before us they are very real and they will continue to do whatever all right you know they can to to frustrate our advancement so father we thank you once again this if this afternoon we thank you for a day a time like this thank you for all that your spirit has continued to speak to us and emphasize thank you lord for what your spirit is demanding and requiring of us but muscle we thank you that you are showing us what is required of us how to live our life we thank you that when we go into your word we are hearing and we're seeing we, we're receiving something very new. we're receiving a blueprint and as we look into the life of those that have journeyed ahead of us father we receive strength and grace and courage to continue to advance even in the midst oh god of persecution and opposition and, and resistance we thank you lord that you are building your house in us you are building your temple in us oh god we're living in a day where our life is becoming more infused to the values yes of your kingdom and so we rejoice in this father we thank you i, I thank you oh god for everyone that will be listening that will be watching that will be connecting oh god this afternoon may your spirit continue to allow us oh god to journey corporately father this day we discard oh god every idea every philosophy of man we lay aside every superfluity of nothingness uh, we embrace oh god God, your values your standard we proclaim this day oh god may your kingdom come may your will be done yes in us in our minds through our minds oh god we, we lay down oh god this day our faculties on the altar we ask for the purification of your spirit we ask oh god for the fire yes of purification to cleanse us to make us even more worthy yes as vessels oh god that will be used for your glory we thank you lord you said if any man will purge himself from these things yes it shall be meat it shall be a vessel meet for the master's use our desire oh god is to be vessels that is meet for your use so we pray once again have your way may your dominion oh god yes be expressed in us may your kingdom come we proclaim we declare corporately oh god that you will continue to build your church oh god in us and through us and the gates of hell shall not prevail we bless your name we honor you this afternoon thank you for what you have done thank you for the message you gave us this morning thank you for the impact thank 
thank you father for the change that is taking place within us oh god we may not see it we may not even feel it but we know for a truth we know for assurance oh god that you are to work in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure we've come to the end of the sixth day we've come to the day to the end of our day and we are beginning to see we are seeing oh god yes the beacon of light of your day this is your day father and we we we, we rejoice in seeing your day we embrace this seventh day we declare oh god that you will be exalted even as you take us beyond oh god the the, the, the rubicons of our fear and doubt we press oh god father and we receive in jesus name keys of your kingdom to access oh god keys of your kingdom yes lord to access that dimension in you father that will allow us to stand tall and to reflect your desire and intention even in this brand new day we thank you once again we say may your kingdom come may your will be done I pray for my brothers and my sisters and everyone that will be listening, oh God. Those that will be listening to this broadcast, Father. Those that will be listening to the podcast, oh God. That as they listen, that the power, your power, oh God. Yes, Father, will be present to heal them, to restore them, to revive them, to reform them, to realign them, oh God. To build them, oh God. Give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. To be able to declare indeed, oh God, the standard of your intention for this brand new day. I thank you, Father. I honor your name in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, my brother, uh, uh, Brother Giwa. Thank you so much for connecting with me this afternoon. Thank you, um, uh, man of God, uh, 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 Brother Anna. Thank you so much. I appreciate this wonderful time. Well, we, we, we thank God for what the Spirit of the Lord is, is doing in our day so much has been said so much the spirit of god is still unpacking and i'm so excited because somehow i, I sense in my spirit the lord is giving us blueprint all right into advancing into the days ahead I, I you know i was just saying to myself before you know before coming to the studio that you know one of the things the spirit of, I, I, I believe the spirit of god is saying particularly through this message all right that we've talked pattern for living i believe is is is, is a message that is so relevant in creating if you will the spiritual bridge that will link all right the present day church or right, into that future church into that third day church into that church that will manifest that will represent that will if you will encourage you know encapsulate the kind of a life or right, that will represent the intentions of the father out there because i tell you the powers of darkness which which is an operation okay which is a system of ex, of, of existence today all right I've, I've 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 revamped their concept of challenging the church and therefore you see many of the laws many of the values many of the policies that are being portrayed out there all right are designed to stand against to limit to frustrate and if you will to weaken all right our position as the church but as we continue to you know allow the spirit of god to minister to us through the prophetic hand of god through the prophetic voice of god and we continue to you know walk in that ancient path all right the bible says you know stand between the junction all right and and ask of the way and ask for the ancient part amen and and begin to track begin to walk in that part he said if you will if you will find that track that part and walk in it he said you will find rest for your soul <laughs> as we begin to you know align our heart and begin to inquire of god what is your ancient part what is the what is the direction what what are the principles all right that you have ordained and designed for us not just on a general time as as christians 
all right but there are patterns that i'm going to be showing sharing with us this afternoon you're going to find out that in the scripture there are certain standards there are certain group there are certain clans there are certain individuals whose life have become a you know a standard of god's divine order for us that if we want to access certain realities, if we want to enter into certain sphere, if we want to connect with certain power, certain dimensions in the Father, that we have to go via certain people. Like if you want to live a life of good leadership, you want to really express good leadership in this time around, amen. then you have to study somebody like you know David. David becomes a key that you have to study. If you want to study how to survive in the midst of you know a perverted, you know, destruction society called you know you know you know egypt yet you 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 want to be able to represent god's intention within the economic structure hallelujah of of this perverted world system you need a man what is called the ministry of joseph you see these individuals are given certain keys if you if you must live in a day in a time amen where you know perversion and wickedness in terms of leadership amen reigns and rule you need to have amen a, a spirit of elijah you must have that understanding if you must bring people out of bondage if you must bring people out of bondage amen there are a lot of people today who have good intention for the society want to bring people out of bondage all kinds of bondage you know sexual perversion you know sexual immorality all kinds of financial you know uh, economic bondage that has you know that has kept people down if you want to do that you need amen the keys of moses so all these people, amen, at dimension, if you want to birth a new day, you want to, re you want to reveal, you want to bring forth, hallelujah, God's intention, you want, to, you want to bring forth, amen, a new day, a new season, you want to usher Christ into your community, into your society, then you need the spirit, amen, you need the, cr the craftsmanship, you, you need the dimension, amen, of Mary and Joseph. These are powerful principles that we've got to. Thank you so much, man of God. Thank you for connecting with me this afternoon. You need that dimension of, of Mary. Mary is a key, hallelujah, of birthing and bringing forth Christ, hallelujah, within the crisis of our day, within the, 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 the perverted, you know, Roman, you know, uh, uh, empire system, within all kinds of religious system. In the midst of all that, God still found a man, a woman, the type of a church. God found a woman. Say so you, you are favored among women, among churches. You are favored. Mary, you've been found to be to you know to, to be favored by God. And God implanted, hallelujah, a seed. So 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 these people have become a pattern for us. That when we look at them, we can tap into something. We can receive a key from them. We receive a key from Mary. We receive a key, amen, from, from Joseph. Hallelujah. If you want to stand and proclaim the word of God, even in the day where God is leading his people into captivity, then you need to become a Jeremiah. You need that Jeremiah's kind of grace. You need that Ezekiel kind of grace where God is saying, Ezekiel, these people are not going to listen to you but i have placed hallelujah my word amen upon your forehead that no matter what they do to try to stop you hallelujah you will continue to declare my word until every one of them go into exile so we need all this dimension hallelujah these are all various realities of the anointing of christ all these people amen they, they make a point they make a, a, you know a dimension they reflect something about the christ about the christos anointing you see the christos anointing is very complex 
Now we're dealing with pattern for living. And for us to be able to live life successfully, we need, amen, the grace of God. We need the wisdom of God. And that's why we've been dealing with the book of Proverbs. All right? The book of Proverbs is not just some book we read and we get some little wisdom, you know, and know how to behave. No, it's a pattern for living in the midst, hallelujah, of compromise. The book of Proverbs, hallelujah, is a pattern of existence in the midst of perversion and corruption. The book of Proverbs, when you study it and study it and allow the Spirit of God to minister to you through those books, you will begin to realize that all those phrases, all those, you know, uh, uh, words, all those suggestions and all those, you know, words of wisdom carries hallelujah, an emotion. They reflect to us a dimension of a life that gives us a key to breakthrough in the days of resistance. Therefore, as we look ahead of us, as we engage the days ahead, and we live in a world that is called post-truth. Thank you so much, Prophet uh, 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 Wartan. Thank you so much for connecting this, this evening with me. If you look at the environment and you begin to look at uh, what people are saying out there, there is a word today that is being thrown out. In fact, it's not just being thrown out. It's a word that has been inculcated into many of the modern dictionary. And they call that word post-truth. <laughs> that we live in a, a time in a day where people are actually saying that we are in a day called the, the post-truth era. In other words, the, 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 the truth is no longer the, the definition or the pattern of measuring how to live life. So you begin to ask yourself if truth is no longer the definition and the, and the measuring standard. And the reason why they say they don't want to live amen, in the concept of truth is because they know that the truth is not just an ideology. At least that has been proven that the truth is not just some philosophy, that the truth is not just some belief system, that the truth, in fact, amen, is a person because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So for those who are, you know, in the in the world of uh, 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 of, of education, you know, and, 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 and uh, the world of academy, all right, the, the, the world of academics, all right, they're coming up with all kinds of ideas to fight, amen, the, 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 the standards and the values of God. They're coming with all kinds of, you know, phrases, all kinds of, you know, one of the things that happens when society want to, all right, want to change how, you know, people engage with life. The first thing they do, all right, is that they begin to change the phrases of words. They begin to change the meaning of words. They begin to, you know, uh, uh, you know, redirect. And that's why sometimes you, you look at certain meaning in dictionary, you, you wonder, is this the same thing? No, there, there's, a, there's, there's a reason for that. There is a deliberate, all right, you know, a, 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 a ploy, okay, to, to, to erode, all right, to limit, to water down, the, you know, the principles, the values of God, amen. The principle, and when we talk about the principles and the values of God, we're talking about, amen, morality, because you see you can you can have more moral standard without truth <laughs> the, 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 the heart of morality amen speaks into truth because you have to you have to measure you know morality based on certain standards and that's why this people said no we don't want you see because when you say we, uh, you know truth truth tr when, when you remove truth out of you know out of out of the context of existence then you're basically killed morality when you kill morality, it means people can then decide to, to judge or to accept standard based on their own preference. 
Alright? Because if you if you if you must believe in the truth, you have to measure what you believe by certain standards, by certain beliefs, alright, by certain values. So when you remove Christ out of the equation, obviously you have nothing to measure morality with. Therefore, anybody anything goes. Alright. In other words, a man and a man can marry, alright? They call it marriage. Alright. A woman and a woman can marry, they will still call it marriage. Because you and I understand that marriage is designed and defined between a man and a woman. That is how amen, the creator of life defined it from the beginning. Marriage was not the opinion of men. Marriage was never the idea of men. Marriage did not come from Adam. Neither did it come from the system of this world. Marriage was not designed and defined amen, by, you know, by the Grecian or Roman Empire or all this, you know, uh, uh, um, ancient, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, world. No, they, 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 they didn't define marriage. And the reason why we're talking about because marriage, amen, within the heart of marriage, amen, lies the very constitution that defines the institutions of men. When you, when you destroy marriage, you have destroyed the foundation. You have destroyed the very structure of human existence. When you destroy, amen, the, the, the template, when you destroy, that way it defines. Because you see, the first thing God did after creating a world and gave us this beautiful world is that, amen, he, he created man. He placed him there earlier. And the next thing he did, amen, was to cut, you know, a, a covenant of relationship between a man and a woman. And when the man looked at the woman and said, this is the flesh of my flesh and the bone of my bone. And everything that man, earlier represent and reflect came out from that order. Now, the world system, through the very powerful systemic, you know, satanic arrangement, okay, are destroying, amen, the very foundation of life. Those one that the Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, listen to this, if the foundation be destroyed, what can even the righteous do? What can the righteous do? So, so it tells us that, friends, we need to guard our foundation. And to guard our foundation, we can no longer dilly-dally with the things of God. And this is why we're talking about pattern for living. There are certain structures that the enemy all right, doesn't mind you have. There are certain beliefs the enemy doesn't mind you have as a Christian. But there are certain things the enemy will make sure, hallelujah, you don't get it right. He will make sure that he will continue to fight that area because if you get it right in that order, every other thing will fall in line. Have you noticed that that's how the, you know, the, the, the world works? That's how the things of, you know, of God works. When you get one pattern of life right, when you get the footing of existence right, when you get amen, how life has been designed, was it two days ago when we we're talking about this? Was it, I can't remember if it was two days ago, three days ago. I said, if we understand how God designed our life to be, we will understand how God, amen, ordained our life to function. You see, most time in the church, we always pursue the function, function, function. No, 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 no. Being must precede functionality. If we don't get our being right, if our being becomes dysfunctional, our function automatically will become dysfunctional. So if there is something we need to grasp, we need to understand, all right, which obviously is affecting society today, is the concept of the human structure. How did God design my life to be? 
And for us to be able to answer this question, then we have to look into the word of God and find the blueprint and find the order and find the structure and find, hallelujah, how God in the beginning designed life. Life in terms of, you know, human structure. How did God design my life? Because if we understand that, then every other thing will fall in line. I made a statement, I think it was three days ago when we were dealing with this concept. I said, gone are the days where we're just looking, going back to, you know, uh, 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 the quarry. You know, remember in the early... Uh, uh, in the early 90s, while we were talking about the concept of the apostolic, there's a lot of message, amen, on, on, on the concept of building, pattern for building. And we always go back, amen, to, you know, to the quarry. And we look at, you know, you know, Solomon, how, you know, Solomon, you know, took stones from the quarry. And that's very good. And that was a powerful, you know, revelation at, at that period in time. But guess what? If in, if in this new day we're still talking about going to the quarry, then we really do not understand, amen, the progressive reality and the progressive revelation of how to engage the divine constructs of God. Because today God is not just talking about getting you know, stones in the quarry. And the reason why I'm talking about that all right, is because we are, we are, we, we, we are caught you know, building amen, to function and not to a state of being. You see, because when, when, our, when our concept of you know, living life is just about, you know, carrying out a mission, carrying out something. It's easy for us to be deceived. You see, that was what the enemy did. When Jesus finished fasting, the Bible says the enemy came to him. You see, he, 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 he came and challenged him and tested him in an area, or, or not just of his identity, but of his position to function. He said, if indeed you are, you, you know, you, you're the son of God, why don't you turn this stone into bread? <laughs> you're hungry. So exercise your authority. Exercise your authority. If you're the son of God, why don't you jump down from this height? God will give his angels charge over you. Alright? If you only you will bow down and worship me. Can you just look at the glory of this word has been given to me? I will give them to you. He tested Jesus from the position of his sonship. <laughs> and for, for Jesus to be able to overcome that position, hallelujah, of his sonship, he needs to have a personal revelation of who he is in the father not just what he, god the father has deposited in him to manifest as a sonship because today when we define sonship we talk about amen manifesting the glory of god manifesting the glory of god begins from a position of our life aligning amen to god's original ordained pattern for our existence so what i'm saying is our position as a being which defines our identity must become what informs amen, our position of representation. Ah. Must inform our position of rep representation. So Jesus will not fall into the temptation of trying to represent something, of trying to do something, all right, to prove a point. He says, No, I don't need to prove a point. I don't need to prove, amen, a point to you, Satan. I don't need to do anything, hallelujah, to define my place, to define my position, hallelujah, as a son. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. If you compare that, all right, to you know, the, the, the temptation of Esau. Esau was hungry. <laughs> his brother said, uh, he said to his brother, why don't you give me some of your, you know, some of your nice stew? Come on. His brother said, no, okay, if you want my stew, give me what your, your bat right. <laughs> you know, give me your bat right. 
Because Esau do not understand something about what his birthright represents in terms of his posture and position in the earth. This is the heart of one of the things that I'm talking about. If we don't know who we are, you see, it is easy for us to be compromised. If we don't know who we are, it's easy for us, hallelujah, to go for the second best. It's easy for us to be, you know, to be captured. It's easy for us to just, okay, just get the stone at the quarry. Meanwhile, there is a greater and more excellent pattern of life that God is calling us into, amen, in the stream. He said, go to the stream. He said to David, go to the stream. Go and dig your hand in the stream and get for yourself five smooth stone. I'm talking about pattern for living. Pattern for living. In the days we're living, the instrument of building must be materials, amen, that, that, you know, that, 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 that have been brought out, if you will, that have been excavated, hallelujah, that have, you know, that, that have allowed the principle of God's washing, of God's purification, that have allowed, hallelujah, that concept, amen, of, of, of purity. We don't know for how long those stones have been buried in the stream. What I'm dealing with, all right, is the standard of life that we must live. The kind of a lifestyle that God demands us to live if we are going to overcome the challenge of the days ahead of us. The, 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 the concept of building, the, 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 the way we built 20, 30 years ago has become obsolete. Listen to the word. New wine can only be poured into new wine skin. The new wine skin of this new day, hallelujah, is a greater revelation that we receive in the Father. There are dimensions the Spirit of the Lord, amen, is calling us into far beyond what we were told 10, 20 years ago that will allow us to be able to have the kind of a posture, the kind of resilience, the kind of authority, the kind of a standing, the kind of a life that the enemy will not be able, hallelujah, to gain it. The kind of authority and power the enemy will not be able to compromise to, you know, to get. Because what the enemy wants, all right, is just for us to make one simple mistake. It compromises us. Esau did not understand that. He gave his brother his birthright. It's just a matter of words. It's not like there was any, any exchange of documents. Say, okay, it's fine. You can have it. Give me the food. I, I'm hungry. Give me the food. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed. In other words, it's not saying, oh, well, <laughs> uh, after all the Bible says, no, he said, no, no, no. There is a proceeding word. In other words, the proceeding word is the present demand, the present requirement of God for the season. What is God saying for the season? God says, okay, go through the hunger and do not bow. Don't sell your bat right. Have an understanding of my intention for your life. Have an understanding of my demand for your life. Don't give in to the lies of the enemy. And for you to be able to do that, you need to have what is called the revelation of Christ. In other words, one of the, one of the things we need in this season in time is the revelation of Christ. Amen. As, as the mark of our existence. All right, that which we know, that which we have seen, that which we have touched, our hands have handled these things. We were with him on the on the mountain. We we, we saw him. Hallelujah. We we, we we didn't just have a second hand revelation. We we we're not just living by a, a 
third-hand information. We were with him on the mountain. Therefore, our, our engagement to life, amen, our contact amen, with the realities of life has to do from a position amen, of an ascended knowledge. I will not bow down. We live in a day where truth is being compromised. Thank you so much uh, for co connecting with me. Thank you so much, everyone. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. I'm going to quickly make one or two points. Just trying to build up on some of the things that we, we looked at the last time. And I hope you'll be able to connect with us. Like I said earlier on, this message, it is so relevant and critical to the future of the church. Because it's drawing us back to looking at our life in terms of what do we believe. And to what degree we esteem, we value what we believe. Because the enemy is going to try, is going to Test amen, us at every point in time. Now, what are we? Why, why, why am I saying this? You look at somebody like I said. We're looking at uh, you know the concept of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, as a pattern, as a framework of this message. And obviously, I'm, I can't deal with the entire book, all right. But we've we've written some very important you know material that can allow us to have a general framework of what I'm trying to you know deal with you know in this series. And you can download that from my website if you go to Potter's Gate pottersgate.org alright, you go to the menu you find uh, uh, the material there under, uh, you know uh, PDFs and books, you can download it, it's also tied to a pattern for living so that kind of give you a framework of, you know, what I'm dealing with alright, because if we lose if we lose the standard, it's not just about the pattern, but if we lose the standard of the pattern then we're compromised. I see a church that is being compromised. I see a church that is getting weaker. Even though we, 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 we're looking, you know, more, you know, more organized on the outside. We look more beautiful. We're looking beautiful on the outside and people are hailing us. But I see a church that is becoming more anemic, more weak, more sickling. Because, because we are drawing away, we are shifting away from our true image, from our true identity, from the true organogram, from the true standard. Hallelujah. That heaven has ordained for us. It's time. Amen. We call ourselves back. Amen. To the divine order. To the divine pattern. Because it's from there. Amen. That the Father is going to pour into us the kind of glory. The kind of you know, authority, if you will, the kind of power that will allow us, amen, to go forth and break forth into a new day. We will never be able to represent God if our revelation of Christ, amen, is corrupt. If our concept, amen, of identifying Christ has been compromised. If if we're dropping the standard just for certain people, just for certain, you know, a, a, a situation to, you know, to, to align with, you know, with us. If we're dropping the standard, I'm telling you, we are not going to see the kind of power, the kind of, you know, authority, the kind of glory that we want to see in our day. And this is the reason why we have to, we have to, for, a, for, a, for, a, you know, for, you know, for, 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 for a sure reason, we have to go back to the concept, amen, of who do men say that I am? Because it's from that concept of who do men say that I am, that we are able to identify who we are in him. The correction of our perceptions 
and the management and maintenance of our faith in terms of our identity will not only build a sound spiritual life but also accelerate the Lord's divine intentions and dealing in our life as individual and in our work as a corporate entity, amen, as the body of Christ. In our movement towards the day of perfection, it is becoming more glaring and, you know, it's becoming more glaring that we maintain a well-defined, focused biblical philosophy, vision and faith, hallelujah, that will give us a, you know, a, a, you know the, the, the kind of spiritual courage and strength, amen, within the components of our, you know, of our representation in engaging, amen, the, the, you know, the realities of our day. Then I went forward, I said something, I said, if we don't get right, amen, what defines our spiritual DNA and, and cherish that and honor that, all right, in the midst of contradictions and oppositions, we will lose the very identity that God has given to us, amen, for temporal material things. Therefore, one of the most important things that, that matters in this reality of the days that we live in, amen, is the ability, amen, to value who we are in Christ, all right? Not but just to value who we, are, who, who we are in Christ, but to value the revelation of who God is in us. If we don't understand that, I'm telling you, friends, I, I keep saying this. It's so easy for us to be compromised. It's just an example of, you know, of, of, you know, of this guy, you know, uh, Samson. You know, remember Samson? Samson was a very powerful man. He was a powerful man of God. Ordained by God, amen, to, you know, to, 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 to protect his people, to represent his people. You know, God gave his parent divine instruction of how to live life. But guess what? That, you know, uh, something somehow neglected, amen, the values, the standard of God for his life. And he continued to pursue the power and the authority of God over his life to the point at, at, you know, at a day, the scripture said, as he lay on the laps of Delilah, he didn't know where he gave up amen, his strength. He didn't know when he submitted his strength to the lap of a woman under a pleasure. We may not be, we may not be lying under the laps of a woman called Delilah. But there are all kinds of Delilahs out there today that are asking, where does your power lies? I want to ask you today, where does your power lies? Friends, can I submit to you that our power, amen, does not just lie in some an anointing. Our power, amen, lies within the construct of the of, of our lifestyle. In other words, if we can house, amen, the, the power of God within the construct of a, of a lifestyle that we live, no Delilah, no power, no spirit will be able to compromise that which God wants to do in our life. I hope you get the point that I'm making. The true anointing of God that must rest in us, that must work in us, that must give us the ability and the capacity to live life and represent the intentions of God in this last day must live within the construct, amen, of our internal configuration, manifesting through what I call the power of lifestyle. Or else, the enemy is going to compromise us. There's a few scriptures that I want to read. One of the scriptures we, we read the last time was a scripture that is very, very interesting to me. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, As I said, in the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. 
Something happened to Isaiah, a man who had been tracking with God, a prophet for that matter, tracking with God. But in his tracking, in his journey with God, at a point, certain power that is called Uzziah was able to blanket the vision of this man to the point where this, this, this man, hallelujah, had completely lost touch with God. I'm talking about the almighty Isaiah. The Isaiah that, I mean, that God gave so much revelation about the messianic life of Christ. There's nobody, there's no prophet in the Bible that had insight amen, into the messianic nature of Christ, into that anointing, into that authority of who Christ is. In the old covenant, Isaiah was the only prophet who had insight into the revelation of Jesus. But at a point, a principality that interfaced with the man, amen, with the king, was able to benchmark, was able to blanket. And he didn't even know. That is the irony of the thing. That we can live within a day where our vision has been captured. Just like the vision amen, of something. Something was plucked amen, by the Philistine when they captured him. That our vision can be captured. And once our vision is captured, amen, we begin to live life without structure, without order. They say where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. When I'm talking about pattern for living, I'm talking about a dimension, a quality of people in the earth who are living by the holy order, who are living by the culture of heaven, who are living their life through, amen, the vision of God's eternal purpose and plan. Not just for their life, not just for their family, but for creation that they become the custodian amen of god's divine intention that whenever god wants to do anything in the earth he looks at these people and he walks through them that in the midst of this compromised day of darkness as darkness continues to cover the earth that when god looks down god should be able to find a noah god should be able to find an enoch god should be able to find hallelujah a joseph and abram god should be able to find an esther a deborah hallelujah who are still keeping the holy order who are still living their life in accordance to heaven's prophetic intention for their time for their generation that god can still find a john the baptist who doesn't mind his head hallelujah to be chopped up but he continue to stand and proclaim the day of the lord and the ways of god i am the voice of one crying in the wilderness of men prepare the way of the lord make straight his path you know it's easy to to, to proclaim that we are the voice of god in the midst of many voices saying the same thing it's easy for us to stand for truth where everybody is cheering us up where everybody is proclaiming the same thing but it's more difficult and more dangerous where there are no party, where you have a layer, no one around you cheering you up, where everybody around you are stoning you. I mean, I found myself in that order where you stand and you're proclaiming the truth and everybody around you are looking at you is like, where do you come from? You, you, you're not sounding like every other person. You're not sounding like other prophets. You're not sounding like other men of God. You're not, you're not saying what others are saying. And you understand like I understand that a true prophet doesn't say what everybody says. A true prophet doesn't go earlier the way of popularity. A true prophet is not looking for some nice charming words. No, he brings the word of the Lord even to his own detriment, to his own death. What defines the structure of a true prophet? It's not just the message that he preaches. It is the life that he lives. 
It is the life the prophet lives. The power of lifestyle. We're talking about pattern for living. The word of God and the message of, of God in our day, in our time, must be hedged, must be carried out through lifestyle. True lifestyle. If there's anything today the devil wants to destroy, it's not just the message. It is the, it is, it is the messenger. Because when you corrupt the messenger, guess what? You reduce the power. You reduce the authority of the message. That's why amen, when Jesus found a disciple, he took them through a period, a season amen, of realigning their life, of realigning their mindset, of bringing them back amen, to God's ordained divine plan for them. He had to realign their sight. You will understand, amen, that the interactions of Jesus with his disciple was not much of, amen, giving them power. Just sending them out to go cast out devil and come back and say, yeah, we have cast out. No, it's about changing their pattern of thinking. It's about, hallelujah, realigning their, their values, their belief system. Don't you understand these things? Don't you understand that to them, hallelujah, is imparable, but it is given to you to understand these things. And this is the same thing Jesus hallelujah, is saying regarding his church today. That before you run with some power, that before you run with some anointing, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at this guy called, you know, uh, um, what's his name now? In Numbers 20, he's in Numbers 24 now. This prophet, Balaam. Balaam. When Balak come, came to him and said, Balak, I want you to, I want you to cast the people of God. He went to God. God said, no, you can't curse my people. My people are blessed. My people are designed to be blessed in the earth. I'm not going to allow you to do that. Go tell this guy. No. He went back to Balak and said, sorry, this is what God said. Guess what? Balak said, no, go back. Look for another way to curse this. Come on. God says, no, it's not going to happen. This man still went back to God and said, God, this is what he should have stood before the king and said, sorry, these people are blessed. You know the problem with that prophet? He had compromised. He'd been compromised. He had corruption within his system. That, that money, whatever that man, that prophet, that king wanted to give to him has entered into his heart is the same thing that was found in Lucifer. In Lucifer, the Bible says iniquity was found in him. We're talking about the pattern of for living. We're talking about the construct of our inner life. I'm not dealing with your outer life. Listen to this. Your outer life is always a manifestation of a reality of a dimension within you. If that which is on the inside, amen, is not in alignment to God's order, it's easy for you to be compromised. And that's why today the church is compromised. A Balak can easily change our opinion and change, amen, what we believe. In the year King Uzziah died. Uzziah is not just a, a, a you know a king sitting on the throne. Uzziah was a principality that had benchmark, that had you know, if you will, beclouded the entire belief system of the society to the point, amen, that the influence of King Uzziah impacted the life of the prophets. To the degree that the prophet could no longer see the Lord. Just think about that implication. If you can no longer see the Lord. 
whatever you stand for represent amen is compromised is captured so you, you're going to be living life based on assumption based on theory based on theology if you will not on the proceeding realities and the proceeding revelation that is coming from the throne of grace the bible says in the days of eli there was no much revelation the Bible says the lamp in the in the in the in the in the in the court of God in the temple of God was growing dim. When you live in 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 an atmosphere, or where the, the the truth in God's house is being compromised, where the light of God's house, Amen, is 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 getting dimmer. What do you think society would do? No wonder the sons of Eli, Hallelujah, could be doing an undo. And it's in the midst of that that God began to raise His own. So in the year King Uzada. So it, he had to take amen, that principality to be judged, that force, that powers of darkness amen, to, be, to be shattered before the prophet of God began to see. And when I talk about this, I want us to generalize this in terms of our own life. We're dealing with pattern for living. For us to live a life that honor God, particularly in this 21st century. Friends, you don't just need sight. You need what I call advanced prophetic sight. The dear of just said, you need what I call an advanced prophetic sight. You need to be able to see things, amen, and be able to identify them for what they are. We need to be able to look at things and be able, hallelujah, to clarify, amen, what we're seeing with the, with, with the eyes of God. Let's not look at things, amen, and see men walk like trees. Let's not look at things, amen, and give our own false kind of fleshy interpretation let's not look at things and judge them there amen the compromise system and value standard of the world let's look at things and see them through the eyes of god but for us to be able to do that we must make sure that we are not benchmarked we are not captured earlier by the influence of that spirit called uzziah so in the year king uzziah that Isaiah said i saw the lord and if we take that further, like I explained the last time we were dealing with this, if we take the concept of I saw the Lord further, it then means that we, are, we have insight, not just into how we ought to live our life, but into how God ordained our life to function, particularly in the day where, amen, all kinds of things that the enemy is using to compromise the, stru the structure and the standard of our life. Have you, have, have you noticed that one of the powerful things the enemy is using today to destroy society is the power of visualization? What the devil is showing us. The, 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 the world of artificial intelligence in terms of, you know, you know uh, AI, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, visualization is destroying so many people, particularly in the world of game. In the world of fashion, in the world of trend, many people today have lost the sense, amen, of how to how to live life, how to construct their life, how to journey, how to represent the intentions of God, amen. In Egypt, we've lost it. So a lot of people today are just sounding hallelujah, praise God, the Lord is good. But the structure, the values that defines their life, amen, is already that of Egypt. So in the year King Uzziah died, 
So Uzziah has to die. In other words, we cannot afford to live under the influence of a king called Uzziah and think we're going to live in accordance to, amen, you know, honoring the king of kings and the lord of lords. Samson was compromised because he allowed, amen, that which was sacred in his life to be captured, amen, under the lap of Delilah. Let's proceed further. I'm going to quickly read one scripture. Uh, maybe I should read this scripture first. Yes. Let, let me go to you know, uh, 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 Jeremiah while we're on this point. Because I think the concept of having a revelation, having an understanding all right, of God, which directly connects to amen, our own personal revelation. Amen. You see, because Jesus, Jesus gave us that pattern. All right? You don't know yourself until you know him. This is the reason for redemption. And that's why we say the day you give your heart, you give your life to Jesus, you begin to track the, the reality of Christ. It's from that point that you, in fact, that you begin to live life. Because you don't know, you don't know yourself until you collide with him who created you. Yes. Remember that you were created in the image of God and in his likeness. Let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. And when man fell, man lost his identity. Man lost his position. And like I said earlier on, you know, the plans of the enemy was to destroy the construct, the very foundation that defines, amen, how man was designed to grow, to develop in society, which, was, which is true marriage. When, when the devil destroyed the marriage of the first man in the garden, everything that man did, everything that man represented, amen, became corrupt, became contaminated, became compromised. And that plan of the enemy has not stopped in terms of trying to destroy marriage, amen, to destroy everything that man stands for. And that's why today you will notice that the greatest war that is going on in society, amen, is a battle of the home front, is a battle of marriage. Particularly in our own nation like this, South Africa, where 80% to 90% of the marriage are shattered. If they are not shattered, they are, they are, they are, they are nothing to, you know, to, you know, to be, to be, to be, to be, right, to be, to, you know, to be written home about. We are living in a day where the enemy, aura is having a thrill day because the home front is no longer, you know, expressing the values, the principles of God, and therefore society is just doing their own thing. Just look at what is happening in our country. It's pandemic. In a day where 14 year old are gunning down, you know, other 14 year old. In a day where in a year you have uh, 6,000, you know, students, you know, learners. In one year, 6,000 in Limpopo are pregnant. <laughs> if that's not a wake up call, I don't know what should be a wake up call. In a day where you have gone, you know, gone war on the street, on the street of London, it is knife war, knife. They, they stab every. I mean, I was listening to BBC and I'm like, God help us. That almost every every teenager, amen, on the street of 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 London, you know, are afraid because they've been stabbed by knife, but not just by one or two, three. Sometimes they come in five. There's a spirit that has been unleashed out there while we're doing church. While we're doing church, something is happening. We know, yes, the moral standard of the world is collapsing, but isn't that the time do we need to begin to wake up and, amen, and begin to show the world amen, a, a better standard? Even if they're going to arrest us, you can see that there is so much fear in our midst. We are afraid. 
because we want to belong. We've dropped the standard to accommodate everyone. We are accommodating them. God, <laughs> we accommodate. We are. We 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 drop the standard to accommodate the people, but we lose. We lose the presence of God. Why don't we raise the standard, bring in the presence of God, and take the presence of God, Amen, out there on the street? I can bet you, if you're if you're a person who is, who is a carrier of the presence of God, because your life, Amen, is in alignment, in accordance to divine pattern, and you carry the presence presence of God into your office, I can bet you your boss will bow the knees. I can bet you, earlier that cocky, prideful person, Amen, that always thinks she, she she knows it all, he has it all. When they see you, they won't know when, Amen. They start weeping and cry. That's those are the things we read about about these great heroes of faith who lived, Amen. In the, in the, in the, not even in the, it's, you know, in the 17th. Some lived in the 18th century. Some in the early, cent, you know, 19th century. That when these people walk into, you know, a, a cobbler shop, they walk into some God knows where. You see people falling down, crying and weeping, not because they preach, but because their life was the message. The point that I'm making is, friends, our idea of, of evangelizing, our concept of reaching the world, amen. All this social media thing that we're doing is good, but guess what? If we are not carrying the power of God, the world is not going to bow the knees. I will love a situation where I carry the power of God and I'm sent to prison because I preach the word of God. And in the prison, because of the power of God in me, prisoners start, hallelujah, giving their life to Jesus. Let me see that government who will say, I don't want this God. Are you getting the point that I'm making? The point is we want to eat our cake and have it. The point is we want to reduce the standard. We want to live like the world system. I hope you understand that when you want to live like the world system, you want to bring the people, amen, closer to God. I hope you understand that you're bringing them to a different God, not the same God, amen, the who says, I am holy. My eyes will not behold anything, hallelujah, than holiness, than righteousness. I hope you understand that if you wear your effort, you see every dimension, amen, that we read about, about the priest under the Old Testament, that when that priest is fully, fully dressed in the regalia, hallelujah, with, with that priestly, you know, cap, that when that priest stands before the Lord and you see on his, on his forehead written, Holiness unto the law. When that man engages, hallelujah, society, just the representation of that, that man alone brings transformation, sanctification to the nation. And based on that, that man can enter into the holies of holy and comes out with a, with a, with, with a word from God. Imagine translating that to our day. Not in the physical regalia that we see all these crazy prophets and crazy apostles do today. Everybody, they want to go back to you know to the old covenant. They want to be dressing like the old priest. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a lifestyle. We're talking about living our life in accordance to a divine order. That when you represent the things of God in the way that God wants us to represent Him, Hallelujah! And you step out there. It could be in the train, wherever you are. It could be in the bus. It could be, come on, it, it, wherever you are. I'm telling you, your life will cast shadows. Your life will bring healing to people. That's what we're talking about. So, the concept of the life we live, which represents that wine skin, allow God to pour the new wine. The new wine, amen, represents that which is required to serve 
amen, to serve, amen, the, the, the people of our day. When, when you serve them with that wine, when they drink of it, they will fall. They will bow. They will declare, nothing, nothing tastes like this God. I want your God. He said, taste and see and know that the Lord is good. This is what we're talking about, friends. This is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So let's let's continue to track this concept. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, everyone, for connecting with me. I really do appreciate this. Uh, we're going to look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter chapter 9. We looked at this before. Let's look at it, let's look at it again. Jeremiah chapter 9. This is what the Lord said, verse 23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast in his wisdom. Let not the strong boast in the strength. Let not the rich boast in his riches. All right? Let him who boast, boast about this. I want you to understand the three structure that defines, amen, the values of this world. That defines the values of this world. And in fact, these values, amen, are also things that God gives his own people. But the only difference is that in the, in the things of God, these values are secondary. These values are of the result of a lifestyle. But when it comes to the world, this is what the this is what the chase you call the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. All right, the the world system. All right, boast in wisdom. There's a wisdom that comes from this world. They boast in strength. There are all kinds of strength. Politicians claim they have strength. All right, if 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 you if you are into business and you've made it big time, you're a man of strength. Amen. You you, you talk about riches. I mean, there are people who are rich. Have you noticed that these three words that we just mentioned in, in chapter 2, excuse me, in verse 23, let not the wise boast in his wisdom. Let not, amen, the strong man boast in his strength. Let not the rich boast in his, in his riches. These are, the, these are the summary, amen, of a falling kind of life. Anyone who is searching for something in the world, hey, this is what they are looking for. All right, this is what they're searching for. This is what they're craving for. One wisdom, one strength, one riches. One riches, one strength, one wisdom. And there's nothing wrong with this. You just need to understand the order to which they fall. Because when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, certainly you'll be given strength, you'll be given wisdom, you'll be given riches. God doesn't frown, hallelujah, amen, to his people because they have wealth, because they have riches, because they have wisdom. No, God frowns, amen, in the abuse of these things. So God says, let not the wise. I want you to understand the order. You've got to understand the structure and the order. Life is about building on priority. Our priority is not to run after wisdom because if you run after wisdom, the world has got a wisdom. And God help you. You don't have the wisdom of God. And you want to go challenge them. I'm telling you, they will floor you to the ground. You, 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 you want to go boast about some, you know, some riches to, you know, to, to, to Babylonians. I'm telling you, there is wealth in Babylon. And if you don't have the true riches, Babylon will floor you. You want to go boast that you're strong in Babylon? I tell you, there are, there are powerful, strong people in Babylon. They will, they, will, they, will, they will carry you and they will forget. In fact, nobody will know you exist again. 
There are certain people, when they want you to disappear, you disappear for life. Nobody will know where you are again. So it's important that we understand what we're dealing with. And, and as the day of the Lord continue amen, to get closer, I tell you, the powers of darkness also, they are reinforcing themselves. The powers and the acti activities of darkness are reinforcing themselves. They want to challenge. They know, amen, that their days are coming to an end. So they're doing everything to make sure that they frustrate, that they stop, that they challenge us. So if we want to really live life in accordance to divine pattern, we have to understand what is our priority. Let not, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the strong man boast in his strength. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this. If you want to boast, you better understand what you need to boast on. Let him, let the one who wants to boast, boast in this. That you have understanding and that you know me. That you have understanding. Understanding means the ability to look at things. My son, listen to the instructions of your father. Give heed, amen, to his words. Let understanding guard your heart. Understanding means that when you look at things, you see them for what they are. You're able to interpret, amen, the constructs, their standing, all right, their representation based on, hallelujah, God's divine intention. You, you, don't, you don't look at things and you get, you get mesmerized. You get captured. There are glory in Egypt. There are glory in Babylon. You see, if Jesus' construct of identity was not in alignment, amen, to God's divine order, he would have been flawed when the devil showed him the glory of this world. The devil have shown many men of God glory, the glory of this world, and they have discarded the unseen glory of God for what they can see. Wow. I like that jet plane. Wow. Did you see that mansion? Did you see that house? Friends, there's nothing wrong in having a jet plane if that includes part of God's divine order and plan and purpose for your life in, term of, in terms of amen, his intention for the advancement of the gospel, for the advancement of the kingdom. Because, listen, it's not about you possessing things. It's about the things possessing you. It's not about possessing wealth. It's about the wealth possessing us. After all, God doesn't need a, a plane. He's not going to ride a plane. <laughs> Come on. So it's not about the thing. It's about how we value the things and what we do with the things. Unfortunately, it's about what those things are doing with us. That's why today we've got big churches, but weak. We've got big churches, but completely clueless, blind. We've got homes, family today have been captured. But the value system of this world. We've got parents who don't know what to do with their children. Who are afraid to be parents. Who are afraid to bring order. To bring structure. We've got leaders in communities. Who don't know what to do. Because they are afraid. They've been captured. All right. We have places that drug lords. Amen. Are in charge. 
of an entire community because those who are in government all right have been captured by corruption so they have no power to do anything let him who's going to boast boast in this that he that he have understanding and that he knows me the revelation of our understanding not just the revelation but the revelation of our understanding is the power and the ability to advance and stand amen in the midst of great opposition and still defend the cause of truth anyone who has not known the truth and who the truth has not known will never be able to stand to defend the cause of truth and justice there's something that the Father wants to build in us in this brand new day that will allow us to stand. He says, don't be afraid of their face. He says, I will put my words in your mouth um, in that time and you'll be able to speak forth my counsel. Let the one who boasts boast about this, that he understands and he knows me and that I am the Lord. What that means is that I am sovereign. The sovereign, the sovereign nature of God is relevant, is important to our posture, hallelujah, in the last day. The, sovereign, the sovereignty of God, who God is, not just to us, but who he is, amen, in the rulership of the world and the entire universe is important to how we stand and how we speak and represent his intention. If we don't have an understanding of the sovereignty of God, of the authority of the lordship of God, I'm telling you, we're going to bow to certain power. We're going to bow to certain riches. We're going to bow to certain wisdom. That I am the Lord who exercise kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. In this, in this, the Lord says, I delight Hallelujah. There is a group of a tribe, a clan, you want to call them. They call the Rechabites. I'm dealing with pattern for living, friends. Pattern for living. If you're going to live life in accordance to God's divine order and pattern, please note, let me repeat, please note that that pattern will be tested will be tried. Alright? And this group of guys, alright, they, 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 you know, they, they brought a very good, um, you know, insight in terms of how God, amen, prepare us to stand, amen, in representing his order. Because sometimes we can claim that, oh yes, I'm standing for the Lord. I'm standing for the things of God. I represent the things of God. But wait until you are tested. Like I said two days ago, <laughs> when God said, Abraham, Abraham, yes, daddy, Take your son, your only son. I wonder why God had to stress the only son. Well, I know why God had to stress the, your only son. Because remember, he had Ishmael. So God said, take your son. And he had sent Ishmael away. Take your son, your only son, Isaac. And go to you know, one of the mountains that I'm going to show you in the land of Moriah. And sacrifice him there. And the, the journey obviously took three days journey. And the question is. In looking at the con context of pattern for living, Abraham could have said to himself, okay, God, you want me to sacrifice my son, but why don't we take, you know, Ishmael rather than Isaac? <laughs> After all, 
Isaac, uh, Ishmael was my mistake. So it's easy. We, we sacrifice Ishmael, not Isaac. Isaac is the promised one. I said, well, your son, your only son, Isaac, take him to one of the mountains that I will show you in the land of Moriah. Three days journey. And like I said, listen, friends, Abraham had three days to change his mind, to drop the standard, to come up with all kinds of excuses, which is what we do. God asks us to do something. And we think about that thing. We sleep over it after a day or two. After two, three months, three years down the line. Uh, is, is God still interested in this standard? Does God still want me to live in accordance to this standard? <laughs> Have you been in that situation? Particularly when things start getting difficult. You start having some challenges. That's when the, all kinds of voices start coming to you and say, you know what? God might not really be demanding that. Maybe you should just think about this thing again. Why don't you drop the standard? And unfortunately, that's where many of us make the mistake. Because indeed, we heard the voice of God. But as time elapses, I made a statement this afternoon. Time and the delay of time, all right? Is, is the judge of good intention. When God asks us, have you noticed that many people in the scripture were judged by time? Abraham, Sarah, David, all of them, thank God for the grace of God. Time has a way, amen, to bring us to a point where we begin to doubt, we begin to have a second opinion. When I'm talking about pattern for living, we must borrow order. From a life of a man, a man called Enoch. Enoch walked 365 years with God. The scripture told us that he had this testimony that he walked with God. There's a difference between walking for God and walking with God. Many of us walk for God, but we have not learned the secret of walking with God. Have you noticed that men of God, people who work for God, they are the most insecure people. They are the most fearful people that I've ever met. Many of the men of God that I've met, they are the most insecure, they are the most fearful, they are the most doubtful, and I'll tell you the reason why. Can I tell you? Because they derive their security in walking for God. They derive their pleasure in walking for God. What, where, what defines who they are is in the act that they carry out. When you take the act from them, when you take that office from them, when you take that apostolic ministry, that prophetic ministry, that giftings, when you take that thing from them, you know what's going to happen? They're afraid. You know why they're afraid? Because those things is what gives them identity. It is the office that gives them identity. It is the giftings that give them an identity. <laughs> Come on, Isaiah. I'm saying this because I've been there. 
You see, I've been there. I'm talking about me. Okay, let me not talk about men of God. Let me talk about Isaiah Phillips. There was a period in my life that what gives me identity. All right? It's my prophetic giftings. It's my it's the ministry that, that you know that that I'm that I'm leading is the people around me. It is the people that I'm pastoring. Come on. It is the friends around me. So my life was built, the, the, the construct of my life was built around gifts, was built around people, was built around the money that I had, was built around the influence. And therefore, I would do anything and everything to guard those things. That's why men of God are very jealous about the people, about their people, about, you know, their sheep. Not, not because they're jealous, because, you know, they love the people so much. No, it's because those people give them identity. Take the people away from them. They will lose their mind. I say, I can say this because I'm a prophet, but beyond just being a prophet, I can say this because I've been there before. You know, when you speak the truth, they say you shame the devil. So in a, in a situation where you, you have not come to love God. And this is what God was testing Abraham with. I want to see if Abraham truly loved me. Or he loved me because of what I gave to him. <laughs> you see, because listen to this. If you love God because of what God has done for you. Or because of what God has given to you. I can, I can assure you, I can tell you, you will not be able to face some of the challenges and the temptation that will be coming across our way in these last days. The enemy is going to test you in the area, hallelujah, of, of, you know, of, of, your, of your security. Why do you think God allowed Job to be tested? I'm talking about pattern for living. Why do you think God allowed Job to be tested? Because the devil said, Lucifer said to God, it's because of your protection, your, 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 your blessing. It's because of how you protect and you bless this guy. Remove the edge. Take the blessing and see if Job will not curse you to your face. Friends, Can God boast with our life and say the same thing that he said to Lucifer back, back then and said, okay, he's yours. I will remove the edge. But one thing you must not touch, don't touch his soul. Any other thing you are free to touch. Hey. <laughs> Are we ready for this? For those of us preaching kingdom. Are we ready for this kind of a test? Because listen. It is from that kind of a test that we will come out. And defeat. The power of this age. And defeat the works of darkness of this age. Because listen to me. We are getting to the stage when we are getting to the day where the Bible says, for those who refuse to compromise the standard and values of Babylon will not be able to buy and sell except they have the mark of the beast on their forehead and on their right hand. 
Friends, that is a standard that is becoming amen, a general concept of existence in the days we live in. If you don't have amen, if you cannot think the way the world system wants you to think, amen, and you do not live life to compromise the authority and the power and the values of God, you will not be able to buy and sell. Are you ready to say yes? Go ahead, make my day. There is a God who will provide for me by the brooks. There is a God who will send ravens to provide for me. Because if you cannot go through a time of test, when you don't have, when you're in lack, and you're all around, running around, looking for the next loan you're going to take from the bank, and looking for how to compromise, and looking for how to do all kinds of crazy things, but you cannot go through a, a time, a season of fight, just like I read. You, you cannot go through a time where your faith is being tried. The Bible says the test of your faith will come out as a pure gold. Because, the, listen to this, the world system understands how humans behave. And that's why they continue to flash that advert. You, you qualify for 5,000. You qualify for 20,000. Right? They want you to ever be in debt. I'm talking about standard for living. Paul said, I've learned to abound and to abase. Let me read this concept again. Correct perception and proper management or maintenance of, of faith does not only build a sound spiritual life, but also accelerate the lost intention and dealings in an individual or in the corporate community. How we maintain our faith is by walking to us, amen, the values and the standard of God. They that must come to God must believe that he is. When you shift from walking towards God and you begin to hear the sound that is saying, come over to the other side, come over to the other side. You know, because walking towards God requires faith. You don't see it, but you have got to believe it. You've got to know it. That God will provide. That God will sustain you. You see, when you live that kind of life, you continually build a lifestyle that is able to face and to challenge whatever the enemy throws at you. But if you refuse your faith to be built, you see, because for your faith to be built, there has to be something that amen, God is allowing you to go through. If you're not going through something, then you're not ready to break through into any new day, into any season amen, of divine frontier. You're not ready for that. All you're talking about is just talk. It's just words. Words are cheap. And if all you know, if all you've been given are words, but you have not been tested, listen to this. In the day where the enemy is coming and testing and trying people and say, well, we're not going to give you this if you don't do this. We're not going to give you. You know, I said this some time ago. I was in a bank and the, and the, 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 man, the, the guy who was helping me said to me, he said, you know, oh, Mr. Kintala, we, we noticed that uh, th there's an amount waiting for you here. You know, as a loan, you know, you qualify for this, you know, X amount of money. <laughs> and I smiled, I looked at the guy and I said to him, I'm sorry, I don't do loans. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I don't do loans. I said, for all my life, I think I've only collected loan once. And that was because I really needed it. I said, but I don't do loans. He said, so what if you have needs? I said, well, we manage what we have. And, and, and I made it even more challenging to him. I said, you see, this is my 50th year. I'm, I'm, I'm 50. And I've only collected loan once. He said, what? You're 50? I said, yes, I'm 50. He said, you don't look 50. You look like somebody who is in this, this 30. I laughed. I said, well, that's the glory of God. 
That is a message that God wants us to live by. Because it is a general thing to collect loan. So the more loan you collect, the more indebted you are. And therefore, the day God says, I need you to leave South Africa to go do a missionary work for me, all right, in Ireland, in Fiji, in, in some God knows where, in, you know, in Somalia, somewhere, somewhere, God knows where. You can't go because you've been captured by Egypt. Your life is captured. You're paying all kinds of, you know, loans because you can't live life in the order where you travel light. And I'm saying this because this is a problem that is destroying many Christians in this country. Many Christians are under the bondage amen, of loan. Not because they can't do without the loan, but because the bank push it to them and they take it. Even when the government says, don't push loan to people, but they know that people are gullible. They, they accept it. Uh, the more you accept the lo those loans, the more you put yourself in bondage, the more you are anchored, the more you are chained because you will never be able to step into that day of freedom where you can advance the purposes of God. Particularly when God says it's time for you to, to, time for you to go do missionary work. How can you do missionary work when you know that you're still, you're still owing the bank 25000 50000 100000 I'm talking about pattern for living. Thank God if you're not doing, if you're not, you're, if your life is not captured by this thing, thank God. But if you know people captured by this thing, then it's time for you to tell them. Because what we're talking about, amen, is how to live, amen, in the days of the end. Is how to travel light. Is how to live our life in the order of God. Let not the wise man, amen, boast in his wisdom. Let not the rich man boast in his wealth. Let not the man of strength boast in his strength. Boast in this that you know me. When we know God, our life is lived in accordance to divine order. When we know God, our life is lived in accordance to divine pattern. When we know God, amen, we have an inclined understanding of what God requires and demands of us at every season in time. You never lack because he's your provider. You know he supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. In, in, you know, in, in glory. And in the time he's not providing. You rejoice. You don't go around looking so sad as if amen, you've been baptized with the lime juice. No. You rejoice. You give praise to God. Thank you Father for this period. Thank you for this season. Thank you Lord for this milly meal that we can eat. We bless your name. We give you glory. And in the day where God says it's time for you to enter into abundance, you still rejoice. I'm talking about pattern for living. Pattern for living. And we're tracking, we're tracking, you know, the book of Proverbs as we track even the author himself, you know, uh, uh, Solomon. Solomon's life, amen, showed us all kinds of dimensions of life. Here's a man who wrote powerful principle. Solomon gave us a powerful principle of how to live life. Meanwhile, he himself compromised the same very principle. This is the heart of the message. That is not enough, amen, to know what God demands. It's not enough to know God's standard. It's not enough to even talk about it. It's not enough to preach about it. But all God wants is for us to live the life. Let your life become the living epistle known and read of all men. 
that when God looks at you, people can people can read Noah, people can read Enoch from your life, people can read in a, in a, in a Joseph, Joshua from your life, people can read Moses from your life, people can look at you and read Esther and read Deborah and read Ruth, come on, and read Abigail and read Anna. Your life becomes a reflection of the written word of God. You have become a living epistle, known and read of all men. You're not living by a third party message. You are living by the divine order, by the divine standard, by the spoken reality of God's word. Hallelujah. Let's read another scripture. Like this scripture. I said earlier before that the world system was captured or a benchmark, be clouded by a, by a standard, by a life called Uzziah. They said in the year King Uzziah, as I said, I saw the Lord. So Uzziah became a, a, a dimension of how people think. Uzziah became a dimension of how people value, how people see things. They can't see beyond certain levels. They can't see into the things of the spirit. And we like it or not, there are forces in our nation, in our time, in our generation, in our continent, trying to stop us amen, from penetrating into the, into the realm of God, from seeing, from knowing, from understanding God's divine standard for our life. They want us to reduce the standard. They want us to, to drop the standard of God. And it's for us to constantly live in that dimension where our prayer can pierce the heavens. Our wisdom, our understanding can connect to the things of the spirit. Let me read this scripture in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Verse 3 says, And if our gospel is veiled, if our gospel is veiled, <laughs> I hope you understand that sometimes we preach things like this, but certain people cannot understand it. They can't comprehend. Comprehension is powerful when it comes to the things of the Spirit. A lot of people can hear the things of God, they're not in their head, but they have no understanding of what the Spirit of God is saying. The enemy has hijacked their ability for spiritual comprehension. You find people who are intelligent concerning the world system. They will argue with you when it comes to worldly things. But when it comes to the things of the spirit, it's like they're just like a zombie. It's they're dead. They can't comprehend. They can't connect. Why? Because their mind has been captured. Look at the scripture. The Bible says, if our gospel, the gospel is not to be veiled. The gospel, amen, is, 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 is an instrument of light that penetrates the word of God is a life piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. But Paul said, if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled because of those who are perishing. To be perishing means to reject the ways of God, to reject the standard of God, to reject the value system of God, to reject the highways of God. He said, if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled because, it's because amen, the people connecting with it are perishing. Now, verse 4 says, he said, the God of this age. Friends, there are gods in our day. There are gods in high places. No wonder Paul talked about, amen, dealing with powers, principalities, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are not demons. Those are the powers. Those are the influence that make us, that compel us to do what we don't want to do. <laughs> 
Every society ruled by certain value systems, ruled by certain culture, ruled by certain ideologies, ruled by certain philosophy, contrary, alien to this divine order of God, are influenced, captured by this thing called powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. These are territorial spirits. You have not overcome until amen, you've been able to break through the territorial powers over your atmosphere. Over your community. The God, the God of this age has blind, not their eyes, but the minds, the minds of unbelievers. So they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. If we want to live our life in accordance to divine order, in accordance to divine pattern, we must conquer, amen, this God. We must conquer these gods. We must conquer, amen, this veil. We must pierce through these veils. These veils, amen, that is, a, uh, that is at work in the minds of unbelievers. What is it that they do not believe? They do not believe, amen, in Christ. They do not believe in the standard of Christ. They do not believe in the values of Christ. They do not believe, amen, in, in the principles of God. They rather compromise. Paul said the reason why they compromise is because they have been captured. Their mind has been dulled. That's another translation. He said their mind has been dulled. The mind has been, has been veiled. Amen. They've cast a smoke on their mind. They've been smoked. They can't see. There's a fog around them. We believe God to give us light, insight. Amen. We believe in God that every form of unbelief in our life, amen, to be shattered so we can have clarity into the mind of Christ. One of the things that the Spirit of God is emphasizing to us, particularly to me and to this community, is that we have to have the mind of Christ, amen. In this last day, we must invest into what the mind of Christ is and represents because it's from that place, hallelujah, that we can live our life victoriously and successfully. From the mind of Christ, we can begin to step into what the prophetic grace and the prophetic ministry is. It's from this point, hallelujah, that we can begin to shape, amen, our home our family our marriage amen our business our career hallelujah whatever we do we need the mind of christ as our resource if we don't have it listen friends we'll be captured thank you jesus I was trying to share with you about the Rechabites. Yes. I'm going to close with this. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. Go to the Rechabite family and invite them to come. One to come. One to come to one of the side rooms of the house of the Lord and give them wine to drink. I want you to know that and give them wine to drink. We're dealing with friends. We're dealing with standard for living. All right. Pattern for living. He said, invite the Rechabites. Amen. Bring them into the side room of the house of the Lord and give them wine to drink. So I went to get Jezaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Ab um, Abazinia, 
and his brothers and his sisters, the whole family of the Rechabite, the entire family of the Rechabite, I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the room of the sons of Anan, son of Igilia, the, the, the man of God. It was next to the room of the officials, which was over, which, which was over that of Maseah, son of Shalom, the doorkeeper. Then I set bowls full of wine and some cups before them, before the Rechabite, and said to them, drink some wine. <laughs> I've been tracking this scripture for almost 28, 30 years, friends. They said, drink some wine. But they replied, we do not drink wine because our forefather, Jehonadad, the son of Rechab, gave us this command Neither you nor your descendant must drink wine. Also, you must never build houses. So, so seeds or plant vineyards. You must never have any of these things. But must always live in tents. Then you will live a long time in the land where you are nomads. So these are, these are a, a nomad generation. God designed them to be nomads. We have obeyed everything our forefather, Jehonidad. We have obeyed everything our forefather, Jehonidad, son of Rechabab, commanded us. Neither, neither we nor our wives nor our sons and daughters have ever drunk, you know, have ever drunk wine or built houses to live or, uh, or, had, or had vineyards, fields or crops. We have lived in tents and have fully obeyed everything our forefather Jehoniab commanded us. But when Nebuchadnezzar, but when uh, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, invaded the land, we said, "Come, we must go to Jerusalem to escape the Babylonians and 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 um, and the Arameans' army." So we have remained in Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, this is what the Lord Almighty said, the God of Israel say, go tell the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem. Will you not learn a lesson and obey my words? Declares the Lord. Jehonadad, the son of Rechab, ordered his descendant. Listen to this, friends. Jehonadad, the son of Rechab, ordered his, his descendant not to drink wine. Not to drink wine. And this command they, has been kept. To this day, they did not drink wine because they obeyed their forefather's command. But I have spoken to you again and again, yet you have not obeyed me. Again and again, I sent all my servants, the prophets, to you. They said, each, they said, each of you must turn from your, your wicked ways and reform your actions. You do not, you do not, uh, and do not, and turn from your wicked ways. Do not follow other gods to serve them. Then you will live in the land I have given to you and your ancestors. But you have not paid attention or not listened to me. The descendants of Johanadad, the son of Rechab, have carried out the command their forefather gave them. By, by this, the people have not obeyed me. I mean, when you look at the scripture, you begin to ask yourself, what a pattern of life this Rechabite 
showed to the point that the life of this man became a standard, became a reference point to God himself in regards to his own people, the people of Judah. Think about this, friends. This is huge. You, you read it. Jeremiah chapter 35 is there. Read it later on. God says, go to the house of the, of the Rechabites. Go bring them into my house. Present wine to them. They must drink. Bring them, get the entire family, their wife, their children. <laughs> when, this, when this tribe came, this normal tribe, Jeremiah presented wine to them. He said, drink, guys. This is the prophet of God speaking. <laughs> they said, prophet, we will, not, we will not touch wine. We will not drink it. Because our forefather earlier made, you know, a, made us to make a covenant that none of us must drink wine. But not just drink wine. We must not build houses. We must not plant. We must not do anything. We must just live like nomads. Hey, what a dimension. What a standard of life. They said we have kept the only order of our father. We have kept what you know our father, you know, our forefather told us. And the Bible says, it says, we have not drunk wine since that promise. What a what a standard of life that a man who had from God said to his, 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 his generation, This is the law. You guys must not drink wine, you must not plant. So you ask me, how are they surviving? How how did they survive? They survived, amen, based on the, 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 the divine provision of God. It's just like the Levites. That God says, amen, they must not take part all right, in, in, the, in, the, in the portions of acquiring things. God says, I am your portion, Levites. I will be the one supplying your needs. I will be the one providing for, for you. So you can imagine. What kind of a life would these people be living? <laughs> you know, when you read things like that in our modern day, they will look at you like, oh, well, that is Bible days. Yes, that is Bible days, but the Bible days are still here. The concept is, can we so live our life in such a pattern? I'm talking about pattern for living. Because how God designed your life would define the kind of pattern, the kind of system that he wants you to live by. I'm going to close up. I'm going to close from here now. Yeah, I need to round up now because of time. But this is something I will want us to look at again. Hopefully, maybe next time we'll, 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 we'll come around talking about this. I will want us to, you know, to stretch this concept of the Rechabites. They said our, our mouth, there was, a, there was another point, there's another place that Jeremiah was saying, you guys drink wine. In fact, he was forcing them. They said, we're not going to drink. The point that I'm making is, in a day where the whole world today is designing compromise, when somebody and a great man of God like Jeremiah said, compromise, would you compromise? Or would you say to the man of God, sorry, we're not going to compromise because this is the covenant our father made us to make. Are we still living our life based on the on the pattern, on the word, on the standard of God's word, or are we living our life based on what is trendy? Like today, many people have dropped the standard of God's word for their life. They don't know how to be a man again. Their concept of manhood is defined by what they see on, on you know, on the telly. It's defined by, you know, you know, in the soapy. It's defined by Hollywood stars. 
their, their concept of life, their way of dressing, like I was saying, some, many of our sisters, the way they dress today is designed, is defined by what they see, all right, in, you know, on the soapy, what they see on the, on the telly. No wonder they can dress in a crazy way and go to church and cause their brothers to fall. We're talking about pattern for living. That when you dress, you should be able to ask yourself, is God glorifying my dressing? Will this dressing honor, hallelujah, God? Will, will this dressing, you know, assist somebody to be more spiritual or that person to fall by the wayside? You see, when we live our life in selfishness, then we're not living in accordance to divine pattern. When we live our life all right, in the concept of, well, it's my right after all, all right, it's a free world, I can do whatever I want to do, then it means that you don't have an understanding of what the scripture says because scripture says, if what you're going to eat will cause your brother to fall, it says for the sake of your brother, don't do it. Where have we turned scriptures like that? In a day where our, our concept of the things of God, of spiritual things, is selfish and is self-centered. No wonder everybody's, in fact, there's another scripture, maybe we'll look at it uh, when next we we'll meet. It's also in Jeremiah. <laughs> where, where everybody's doing everything they want to do for their own sake. Nobody's thinking of other people again. That's the worst system. That's not a system that we should subscribe to. We should not live our life based on the world system. We should live our life based on biblical principle. We should live our life based on a principle that will attract the people of the world into Christ. Not reducing, not reducing the values of God for the world system. Listen to this. The reason why the people of the world, they come to the church, amen, and they, and they remain the way they were. In fact, they become, they become twice the son of the devil is because we're dropping the standard. Now we want some celebrity to come to our church. Now we are, no, ah, you know, that, that actor go to that church. Ah, you know, yes, there are certain churches. They, you know, the, 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 what do you call them now? The Hillsong churches. All they want is the celebrities. So they give them what they want to hear. You never show the people. Give the people the standard of God. You know, I listen to some of the things that people are doing in some of these big churches. And I said to myself, guys, God is going to. The punishment, the judgment of God on these houses is going to be deadly. Because you've gone to the, to the ends of the earth to, eat, to win a proselyte. Only to make that person twice the son of the devil. You must see what people are saying. Exposing these churches. Let, let, let's, let's stop kidding ourselves. Listen, friends, we are in the days of the end. You see, the children of Israel were like this. Until the last minute, the Babylonians came and invaded the land. They still believed that, oh, we are the chosen race. It, this is Israel. We will never go into Babylon. We will never go into captivity. Remember, Jeremiah gave the word of the law. 70 years you guys are going. You're going to remain in captivity 70 years. A crazy prophet by the name Ananiah came and said, uh-uh, two years. <laughs> two years, you'll be back. God will break the yoke. Whose words stand? 70 years, the children of Israel. Those were God's people. Let's not, let not the church today think God will not plunge her into wilderness. God will not plunge her, hallelujah, into, into the hands of the Babylonians. If we continue to live our life in this ungodly, perverted, you know, unruly standard of life. It's time to raise the standard, friends. This is the voice of Isaiah Phillips, the prophet of God. I'm not here to sweet talk you. I'm not here to make you like the message. I'm here to give you the word of the law. That it's time. That judgment is coming.
that the Babylonians are coming. That it's time we live our life in accordance to divine pattern, in accordance to divine order. Let's stop running after gift. Let's stop running after men. Let's stop running after some God knows what. It's time to pursue the Lord. It's time to chase the Lord. It's time to seek. He said, if you will seek my face diligently with all your heart, you will find me. Stop finding men. It's time to find God. We've lost him. We've lost him. In our religious worship in Jerusalem. Three days journey they went worshiping. They didn't know they left Jesus behind. They were still in their convoy and doing their own thing. Yet they have they've left him behind. Many of us have left. We've left Jesus behind. But it's time I hear the spirit of the Lord say. It's time you need to get up. It's time to go back to where you lost me. It's time to return to where you left me. Come on. It's time to go back to where you left me. It's time to return back. Father, we ask you, help us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on your church. Have mercy on me. We want to find you in this brand new day. We want to locate you. We want to relocate you, Father. Help us, help us, help us, help us. Help me, help my brothers, help my sisters, oh God. Help us to stop this hocus pocus. Help us to leave behind the things, oh God, that don't matter. The things that have charmed our heart, help us to leave them behind. Help us to go back and find you. We want to recover you. The world needs us. The church needs us. The nations need us. Government needs us. But we have to come to this realization. Spirit of God, we thank you. We honor you. Touch our lives, O oh God. Help us to be like the Rechabites. After years, decades of years have gone by, their forefathers are all dead and gone, but these people, this tribe still stood and said, No, our mouth will not touch wine. We are Nazarenes. Father, we thank you. We are nomads. We are travelers. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Brother Clive. Thank you, Brother Steve, for co connecting with me. Thank you, Sister Miriam. Amen. Sister Vanessa, thank you. Thank you so much. Brother Melvin, thank you. Amen. Brother Andrew, Andrew, thank you. Oh, my word. <laughs> my battery just went off. Sorry, everyone. Well, if you're listening to the radio, uh, sorry, the battery just went off on my, on my phone. So I couldn't say thank you to everyone. Thank you, but I appreciate amen, your connection. God bless you, everyone. May the Lord continue to strengthen you. May you continue to strengthen and empower you. Amen. God bless you, everyone. I love you all. We'll continue to pray. We'll see you hopefully tomorrow God, by God's grace. Have yourself a wonderful, blessed uh, um, evening. God bless you. Bye-bye.